You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos. I hate calling myself that. And underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon. He loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Hello and welcome to Delirious Nomads, a heavy metal podcast brought to you by Blacklight Media subsidiary of Metal Blade Records. I'm Matt Bacon here with my amazing co-host, celebrity chef, Christopher Santos. Hello. And we are here with one of our flagship acts, one of our favorite acts on the label, um, very dear friends of ours, Lafayette's Capra. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time out to do this. We are recording on the last day of August. I know that Louisiana got hammered. How are you guys first and foremost? Are you safe? You good? We are totally fine. We didn't even get a drop of rain where I am. I think that New Orleans kind of like took the brunt of the hurricane, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it definitely went more more east last minute and baton rouge new orleans and like gulfport mississippi they all got hit pretty hard i know homa and like the thibodeau area got got hit really hard but we i at my house it was windy and i no rain at all how is new orleans not that i don't care about the other cities of course but i haven't checked the news in a couple days how is new orleans doing there's a million people without power and it's saying about three weeks to get it back on yeah, I think like one of the main power sources or something fell into the river is what they said, which is like crazy. That's absolutely insane. So, well, I'm glad you guys are safe. A couple quick things and then I'll let Matt kind of take over. Since we uh, had the privilege of signing you guys, you guys have done such an amazing job, right? The label is so excited to have you. Metal Blade is so excited to have you. The feedback I'm getting on like on my socials from, from friends and complete strangers alike is that this is one of the most exciting debut records they've heard in years and yada, yada, yada. Um, so, obviously, you guys are awesome. Um, but since you recorded the record and, and signed with us, you added a second guitar player. I, I'm sure I know why, but maybe I don't. And I'm, I don't know if our listeners do. So what was that decision made for? We all kind of went over it and we discussed it a lot. And uh, I had asked Trevor to be in the band for years. I think this was the third or fourth time I'd asked him to play with us just to kind of beefen up our sound, just to make it a little bit more thick. And then after writing the first album, it just made sense to add another guitar player so that we could evolve in a, in a different type of way to not write the same riffs over, to not write the same songs. So he just, he thickens up our sound. He brings a lot to the band. So is this someone you knew or did you hold auditions? Yeah, well, this was somebody we knew. He's in a band now called Camps, uh, but he was in a band, a hardcore band previous 
to that called Hole Opener, and uh, they were sick. And so I, I knew immediately that he understood the sound. He understood hardcore. He knew what we were going for. So ever since that band, I had just kind of half jokingly, half serious, been like, hey, when are you going to join Capra? Like, when are we going to get you into the band? You know, and he would always say no. He was always too busy. And then the last time I asked him, he said yes. He came. He played with us for a few practices and it went well. Great. I'm excited to see you guys and, and hear it with two guitars. I'm excited to see you guys, period. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're excited to play. So you guys are going out for it looks, it's a couple of weeks to run, two, three weeks? About a month, yeah. Where does it start? Where does it end? Uh, it starts in New Orleans. Or actually, it starts in uh, Baton Rouge. We actually just added a date on October 14th with Portrayal of Guilt and uh, Glacial Coffin. And then it's going to end in... Austin, I believe. Glacial Coffin is such a sick band name, just saying. Yeah, they're they're a really good local band out of Baton Rouge. It's actually some of the guys from, or one of the guys from Golgothan. Yes. So a couple of fun little things. Um, people that come up to me and talk about the band are very excited about the band. They ask me, what's the name mean? And I realized that in this whole process, we never had that conversation. How'd you come up with the name? <laughs> it's based off of a, a video game boss in uh, the first Dark Souls, which is you get like three bosses in and then there's this giant goat with like two swords and he's got these dogs with him. And as soon as you walk into this boss room in the game, like you immediately get your ass kicked. He's very tough. And that's kind of resembled what this band was about is like, you know, you walk into a bar, you just get your ass kicked real quick by Capra. Yeah, we're all going to kick your ass the moment you walk in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, so we rush shipped you a, a flag yes. recently and it's been bothered all right as to why we rush shipped it. I'm just like I think about it. Why did we rush ship this? <laughs> no, I'll tell and I'll tell you it's kind of silly. I saw them and I and I wanted one, right? That's not why I needed it rushed. I saw it. I, I was like, I got to get one of those. I thought it was going to be a little bit smaller. I have a studio that um, has, you know, uh, a drum kit and a bass and a guitar and amps and stuff. And I thought I'd, I'd find a spot for it in there. So it was on my mind. But then um, in that room, uh, I buy the works of this um, art. Uh, he's, a, he's a photographer and his stuff like portrays like greedy 1970s, like Times Square, like when it was like, I don't know how familiar you are with New York City, but it was like rife with like, um, you know, adult video stores and peep shows and strip clubs and stuff. And he's, his works have been in the Museum of Modern Art, but he's, he takes these really gritty, grainy um, photos of kind of like the underbelly. And it's, it's, so all the, all this stuff is really beautiful, but it's a little bit, it's a little bit NC-17 uh, as opposed to, to R. And I was getting visited by my future mother-in-law and um, sister-in-law and two nieces who were seven and nine and the mother had been in the, her, her my mother-in-law had been in the house before and had seen them and appreciated the work but was like can you please cover that up while the while the girls are here and I was like I know what's going to cover it up I know it's going to cover it up it's something I've been meaning to order anyway I got oh this my God. oh that's awesome it's so much better than what was going through my head that's awesome yeah, I, don't, I, I, I apologize but so uh it, but I found a great spot for it after that. I'll just send you a picture sometime. But yeah, it was to it was to cover up the semi-nudes in my office <laughs> studio. That is incredible. <laughs> so that was a mystery that we'd been we'd been wondering about for a while. More seriously. So you've got this tour coming up. You know, you've kind of been following along with a lot of the bands booked on the tour. 
where are you most excited to play with and who are you most excited to play with? I'm pretty excited to play definitely Brooklyn because St. Vitus, like that's so cool is like a definitely at the top there. And then also that I get to meet like all you guys that I've been talking to for so long. Um, I'm also super excited. I think about the Baltimore date. I think that's the one. Cause one of the artists that I follow, like another musician that I like a lot is supposed to be coming out and seeing us. So that's something that I'm really excited about too. Yeah. I'm not too sure who exactly we're all playing with. So that one's kind of hard. I know that we're playing with a lot of homies. Uh, we're playing with Gillian Carter. We are playing with Under the Pier in Baltimore. But definitely St. Vitus is up there. I've wanted to play St. Vitus for years now. And uh, it's it's kind of a dream come true to, to, to be in that venue. One of our first ever conversations was about that, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to play that, that venue. Chicago is another one that I'm really excited about. I'm just excited to eat in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Go to Kumin. Have you been to Kumin's? No, I've never been to Chicago. So, well, I have a restaurant there if, if you're interested, but more to the point, you'd probably like Kumin's better. You should be interested. Yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> but Kumin's Inn is a very cool place that is all heavy metal. They're, they're All their burgers are named after metal bands. All their dishes are made, named after metal bands. Everyone there working is like a super, super hardcore metal fan. But yet, like every year they get nominated for like best burger in Chicago. So it's just not... Ooh. Not just a rock and roll bar, but like really good food. It's a very casual menu. It's like burger wings, that kind of thing. But they do it really, really well. And then on top of it, it's not a hard rock bar. It is a metal bar. And that's what I want in Chicago is I want burgers. I want hot dogs. I want pizza. I want hot dogs. <laughs> Go to Chicago there. for a hot dog. <laughs> I've never been to the Chicago one, but I've been to the Indianapolis one quite a few times. And something I really dig about it is that there is an after church crowd. Like, I, like I was literally in the Indianapolis one on a Sunday with Moss Generator and a bunch of like clean cut people walked in and were eating burgers to like death metal. And I was like, what's going on? And the, and our local friend was like, oh, no, there's like an after church crowd for this death metal <laughs> restaurant. And I was like, uh, good for them. Good for them. It's awesome. Yeah. Tour dates aside, you know, you and I have been texting a good amount, Tyler, about new material. Right. What sort of direction do you see yourself going in? How do you see all that evolving? I don't want to say a less chaotic direction because we, you know, we're still Capra and we still have that chaos to us. But for this next album, I do want to go more vocally driven. It's more along the lines of like Gouge Away, this band from Florida. I would say more on the hardcore punk side than the metal side. But even that, like we throw in some thrash, like, there's a lot more thrash that's going to be on this album, similar to kind of how Medusa was on our last album. Uh, so there's still the fast. There's still the chaos. It's a little bit more simplistic. How many songs are you talking about that you've written already for this? Uh, I've written 10 already for this. My goal is to have about 15 to 20 songs before we go into the studio and kind of pick and choose which songs we want on the album and possibly do a couple of singles and maybe an EP before the release of the next album. I know we just released this one and we haven't, we've barely toured, you know, we're going to tour on it in October. Yeah. I have a question about that actually. So speaking of St. Vitus, you were on the St. Vitus, whatever the, the live Instagram thing with Chris a few months ago. And I listened in on that. And um, you mentioned that you really had not really been, you never really were a singer until this band, right? 
No. Yeah. This is a very new thing for me. Yep. So my question for you is, do you have any, I mean, obviously you're awesome and you sound amazing, but are you doing anything? Are you doing any kind of prep or whatever to ensure that you can get through the tour without, you know, blowing out your voice or something like that? Yeah. Cause that's something that's definitely on my mind a lot is uh, just like being able to actually like sustain being able to perform like several days in a row. I think a big thing for me is uh, a lot of it is like a mental kind of like thing, because whenever I'm performing, I just want to come kind of go all out and just push myself as much as I can. And I honestly, it's just a matter of me really being conscious of not going too hard or like being conscious of my breathing to the point to where it still sounds good, but I'm not just giving everything like the first, you know, couple of songs in the show. And basically if I can walk away from the show while still being able to speak, then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm doing something right. But I also do definitely look into like vocal exercises, stuff like that too. So how long is the set? Because I know the, the record itself, was what like 32 minutes or something i don't know how what is it like 45 minutes i guess yeah it's it's usually roughly around 45 minutes and we do throw in a new song we're trying to decide right now how many new songs we're going to take on tour with us and i'm leaning towards just one just to not give so much away but yeah it's it's about 45 minutes and then if if we sometimes we do a short set uh it just depends on the show and how many bands are on that show Mm -hmm. so we can do anywhere from 30 to 40. got it one thing you're doing that's really cool is on Mutt, you're having a different homie guest every tour date. Yeah, hopefully. You know, sometimes Crow does it. We've got Ben kind of training to do it. Yeah, speaking of which, I totally thought he was going to do it at the last show. (laughs) And I was shocked when he did not. So I had to kind of run up to the mic and like, man, I thought he would. So I was like, wait, wait, am I responsible this time for doing it? No, I I had him set up with a mic and everything for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, he didn't do it. (laughs) I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, if we see some people out in the crowd just blasting out the lyrics, mm-hmm. you know, of course, we're going to give them the mic and let them do it. That's another huge part of why I'm so excited for Brooklyn is to see both of you guys do it. <laughs> yes. yes. It's going to be terrible. I cannot sing at all. No, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be so sick. Chris, we'll have a, I'll see you at some point and we'll, we'll figure out some sort of practice. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, that's really cool. I think, no, I just love like... What I've loved about watching Capra grow has been how you sort of brought everyone along for the ride, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Did this happen in your opinion? And maybe this is more of a question for Tyler. I'm not sure. Actually, it's not. It's really a unique question for each of you. Maybe you should both answer, um, which is, did this all happen very fast to you? Because, you know, it seems like every time I look at any social media, it seems that one of you or both of you are doing something. You're doing a Twitch thing. You're doing an uh, Instagram live thing. You're doing this, you're doing that. Like, you know, yes, Assigning you helped, but you guys have done a lot of um, like sort of DIY stuff since that even. And, you know, it's, it's obviously really helping to blow up the band, but is it all happening really fast for you or is this, a, or, or, or is it just seem feel natural? Uh, for me, it definitely feels natural. You can ask Matt how back and forth we went before being signed on just me asking questions. Like, how do we get signed? How do we get to this level? Like we're doing everything that we need to be doing, but also it's just in our blood to be DIY. I think like, it's just kind of second nature as to, to what we do. Like I, I go live and I play guitar. It, it helps me to practice whenever I can go live, have an audience. And then it, it feels almost like a show online. Yeah. I was going to ask Crow because you've been, how long have you been in the band now? Was it two years or? About two years. Yeah. I think that's about how long it's been. Two or three, maybe. Almost three, I think. Yeah. yeah quarantine yeah. feels like 10 years. So I know. It's so hard to like. It messes yeah. everything up. Yeah. 
So how did you guys connect and how did you guys, how did you become part of the band and how did that all happen? I think it was just all basically through Facebook. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I still don't even know. I mean, I think Tyler was the one who had reached out to me um, asking me to try out. And I was kind of like, well, I was kind of at a point in my life where it was like, you know, I don't have much to lose at this point. And I didn't know what I was doing at all when I went into it. And I just kind of showed up and hoped for the best. And thankfully, the sounds that came out of my mouth sounded acceptable to them. And they helped really helped me kind of like, I guess, get my own sound together. Tyler, why did you ask her to, to come try out if she had not sung before? Like, what, what was the lure or whatever? We had a, a different guy uh, on vocals before, and that that fell apart drastically and i had been listening to you know walls of jericho and oathbreaker and gouge away and all these female fronted hardcore bands and i remember making a post one day that said we need more females in hardcore and that kind of triggered me to just say like you know this is what i want for our band i think i made a post asking for everyone to tag their favorite female vocalists and crow got tagged like multiple times <laughs> which is Okay, so I don't want to say that I've never, like, I had never done vocals, so I guess, like, basically, well, this is what had happened. I was in another band prior to Capra, and we were kind of, like, falling apart, and so we decided to kind of, like, just for the hell of it, like, have a song that I did all the vocals on, and that was, like, completely untrained, didn't know what I was doing at all. I basically just, like, yelled on the track, and I think that's where people assumed that I was a vocalist, which is so funny, because it was just the one song, so it's not like it was just kind of, like, a thing where it was, like, oh, you know, this is another girl that's in a band, like come, you know, be in our band or whatever. It was more like, I guess people thought that was pretty cool, which is, you know, thought that that one song I did vocals on was good, which is awesome. After she was tagged multiple times, I looked up 666, which I had seen a few times live. Oh, did you? I don't even know that. Yeah, I saw the Halloween show at the station. But anyway, I looked up on YouTube and I found a video of Crow doing vocals. <laughs> it seemed like it was going to be the perfect fit. So we made her try out, of, I think, four times. First time she blew it away, she crushed it. And we knew, like, we all had decided she was in the band and we still made her keep trying out. So that was that. Did you did you send her original material with, with, the, with the lyrics or was it covers or what was that? It was, the, it was all the old lyrics, all the, like, original lyrics. And I had to basically just, like, learn them and kind of, like, just try to perform them. But the guy, it's funny because the guy before me was, like, our vocal styles and, like, writing style and everything. It was so completely different that it was, like, so awkward for me to, like, try to emulate what he was doing. So I'm happy right. that I was able to go in and actually change everything after. And that's a, comp- that's a totally huge reason on why we got her instead of him or another uh, guy in the band is just because it made us, it made us a different band. It made us more, more metal or more metal core than we actually were. And what she brings to the table is that thrash hardcore punk that the sound we're, we're actually striving. And it's funny. Cause I remember you telling me that like, well, before we worked together that like you were excited about a new vocalist in the band and that it was kick-ass. And I was like, interesting yeah <laughs> and it just kind of kept evolving from there um so yeah i think it, it really made us grow as as musicians just to have her in the band it made us write better songs i think i think the locust preacher was one of the first songs we wrote with crow mm-hmm. we had a few other songs some that didn't make it on the album but we had like red guillotine we had medusa we had samurai carrie and she came in, she redid the lyrics for those. And then we just basically started fresh. So 
even though the band's been together for five years, you know, we've really been together for however long Crow has been in the band. One of the things that uh, Crow, you really bring to the table and you and I talked about on a Twitch stream a few weeks ago is, you know, the, the sort of the influence of sci-fi on a lot of your lyrics. And, you know, and I know we talked about the, um, the story, the comet inspiring Mutt. What else have you been reading lately? And are there any works in particular inspiring the new record? So there is one book that I'm working on right now. It's called Verity. This one's actually not a sci-fi. This one's more just like a horror kind of like, I don't want to say like romance because it's not like necessarily romance more as like, I guess just like, let's just say it's just a horror novel, but basically it's about some girl goes into, uh, she has to like finish um, writing these books that this one famous author was working on, but she got in a car accident, so she can't write them anymore. And it's just like, I don't know. I'm not going to do it justice if I try to explain it, but it's really, really good. Really, really creepy. And I'm not quite finished with it, but I do like it a lot. And I can see that it's going to, I think it's going to affect some of my writing. Other than that, I just always try to watch as many like movies as possible, just because I feel like that's whenever I feel most like myself and I feel most comfortable writing whenever I have like all of these kind of different, I guess, horror and sci-fi influences just flooding my brain. What was your gateway drug into horror? I have to say it was either Halloween or Friday the 13th. Halloween was like probably the first, one of the first horror movies I've ever seen. And it's still to this day, one of my favorites. And also incidentally um, influences like the fact that slashers are basically my favorite type of horror now. And that kind of has never changed. Do you have, you have Shudder? I don't, I need to get it though. So on Shudder, there's a, a six hour, 13 part biography on the Friday the 13th franchise. And they go through every movie. One by one, they probably spend about 45 minutes on each movie and it talks about how, you know, they show a lot of it is how they, how they actually, they show how they actually did the, the killing and to make it wow. real because it was really more CGI and all that. But I'm telling you what, like my, a good friend of mine, Jeff Blanchard, who owns Lucky 13, another metal bar in Brooklyn, was like, you got to watch it, you got to watch it. And I was like, dude, I fuck six hours? Like, I love Friday the 13th, but I watched that shit in one Sunday afternoon. It was yeah. Fun. It was so good. Yeah, that sounds like something you could knock out pretty quick. Yeah, really, really good. I highly recommend it. Wow, I'll look into it. It must be hard to stop, you know, once you get past the first one and you go through Jason 2. It's, and it's cool because they're very self-deprecating. Like some of the movies, they're like, this movie sucked. Like, <laughs> we thought we knew what yeah. we were doing. But looking back, we, that, was, that was garbage <laughs> for some of them. For some I feel like Friday the 13th is like one of the only horror franchises I've like really spent time with. And like five through eight are rough. Yeah. Like, five was solid six when they started coming. Wait. Yeah, six is the one with the psychic girl, right? Yeah. Jason versus Freddy or Jason Takes New York. Those are not great. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. And the other thing is, if I'm not mistaken, they've put out 12 and I can't, I don't know what they're waiting for to obviously come out with the 13th. Who knows? Who knows? That's a good observation. That must be new on Shudder. I, I had Shudder for a little while and I watched pretty much everything I think I wanted to see. And, uh, and then I got rid of it, but I do need to get it again. I've been back on my, my horror movie kick. I watched uh, Piranha last night. Which oh, God. So good. You kicked it back off with? <laughs> no, I've been watching some other stuff, but uh, that one, it's just so good. I love those, I love those campy Jaws types. I do, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre did it for me. I think The Exorcist was my first at, at five years old. <laughs> it destroyed me as a, as a child. You should not have been watching that at five years old. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, now he's in a hardcore band. So like, you know, something went right. Yeah. Followed the trajectory you would have expected. Yeah. <laughs> if you could tour with anybody, who would you tour with? Oh, we get this all the time. And I think my answer, my answer changes all the time. 
literally every single time my answer changes. There's so many people I would love to play with. I always say Toxic Holocaust is definitely one that like sticks pretty like. That's not what I would have expected. That's cool. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, there's so many bands I want to tour. Obviously, I want to tour with Every Time I Die. Harm's Way, like just as you know, as far as like Metal Blade goes, like I would love to tour with Harm's Way. Yeah. Uh, Gouge Away would be another one. I think that we would do really well together. Harm's Way, Knocked Loose, and you guys would be like the tour of the fucking year. That would be the tour of the year. You know, you and I, Tyler, talk all the time about like upcoming hardcore bands that we both like. What are some of your favorites right now? Mind Force is a really good band that, I, that I've been into. I, I'm pretty sure they're from New York. On a local level, we have Torture Garden, who is just absolutely insane live. Uh, they would be really cool to to travel with. Man, I, I've really been into just like some some new thrash stuff. Like there's this band called Enforced. And I've been really listening to them. Uh, this new band I just found called Intercourse. I think they're from Long Island. Great hardcore band. Very reminiscent of Every Time I Die. Where are you discovering bands? I'm in a lot of like Facebook groups. A lot of like, I'm in like a mathcore group and in like a hardcore group. People post videos and stuff like that. Or I build playlists on Spotify a lot. And then I'll go to like my, uh, whatever it's called, the Daily, daily Mix. And uh, I'll find bands similar to everything that's on my playlists. I feel like you always find a way to bring up the Mathcore Facebook group. And I don't know why, but I have to laugh every time you do it. it just sounds so ridiculous. It's very helpful. Like uh, you'll meet um, Under the Pier when we play Baltimore. And uh, I became really good friends with those guys through that group. Oh, okay. Actually, a lot of the bands that we're, we're playing with and a lot of the bands that are hitting up Aaron uh, for shows come from that group, which is, it's it's a really good networking tool. Okay. So you did mention Every Time I Die a couple of times. I, I'm sure you're getting the comparison because I'm getting it all the time, right? They sound like a female fronted Every Time I Die, which they mean as a compliment, but I don't know. I think you sound I think you sound like a female fronted Capra with an, a little bit of influence from Every Time I Die. Do you guys hear that a lot? Because I hear it a lot. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> I completely agree with you. I'm, I'm actually sick of the every time I die comparisons. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's cool. Thank you. You know, they're riff legends, which is, is awesome. But I, I honestly think that we sound like ourselves. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I do get it a lot, though, particularly from mostly strangers. I think that's just a way that people lean toward whenever they think of like Southern style hardcore. I think every time I die kind of, you know, paved the way for that. And I also think to no fault of theirs. I think, I think when you discover a new band and you're really into music and you try to share it with your friends, cause I, I do that all the time. I send, I've got like three friends that I always send stuff to They're like, you know, how would you describe them or whatever? And it's like, so I think it's natural to want to describe a band. Well, they're kind of like this or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's coming from a good place. Like every time as well. So I think it's coming from a good place, but I'm also tired of hearing of it. Cause I'm like, I guess I can hear a little bit influence, but these guys are totally unique doing their own thing. You know what I hate a lot is when people take two bands and then say that we're the baby of that band. Can't stand that. <laughs> right? Stop making Did some babies of other bands. We're the babies. <laughs> yeah. We are baby. <laughs> but it's like any band like that. Like even every time I die, when they first came out, I'm sure, you know, people were like, oh, you sound, they sound like Converge or they sound like Botch, you know, it's just whoever's in the, you know, the top running of that genre at the time. So, at, you know, at some point, hopefully, there's bands that sound like we do or take influence from what we do. Amen. It's interesting because what I appreciate about Capra is sort of the diversity in the sound and the willingness to like have a black metal riff in there because you can. 
And I think that's a really important part to like what makes you who you are. Absolutely. To what do you credit sort of the diverse range of influences you have like that are so obvious? We all listen to basically the same music, but different music for, for each and every one of us. And it all ties together somehow. We do have certain things in common that we like, you know, certain bands that we share in common that we like. But for the most part, I think actually we all do have a pretty different, like what we like to listen to is actually pretty different from one another, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. And then we all still have the, the grasp on what Capra is. Yeah. We, we all know our sound, what we go for. And for me, when writing, like it just depends on my mood. Depends on what I'm listening to at the time, you know, like I take influence from thrash and black metal and hardcore and punk and just death metal sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. but uh, it just depends on what I'm feeling when I sit down to actually write a song. Makes sense. Great answer. As we kind of head towards the end here, you know, we've talked about the tour coming up starting October 14th. What else do people need to be aware of coming from Capra in the next couple months we're starting to talk about another music video shooting it at least not sure when we would release that video definitely looking to do some singles in the process of writing the next album uh hopefully after this tour we can do another one i kind of always like to say just like not to be obvious about this here but always keep an eye out on the merch store just because the different kind of stuff that we have is always like changing i feel like we're always getting new designs or offering you know different uh things like we just released like the beanies and stuff that are really cool and we have a pink one which is always awesome i love everything in pink so um so definitely keep an eye out for that uh what is it capperband.bandcamp.com slash slash or something like that but yeah yeah so definitely always recommend for people to check that out there's a few other cool merch things i know tyler and i are working on for the end of the year so it's gonna get wild yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) we have a few shows coming up uh, before tour. And then uh, we haven't really been planning anything afterwards just yet. Like I said earlier, we're, we're hoping to tour again, uh, do something else. I know California wants us. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the West coast is, is kind of butthurt, you know, that, that we didn't include them on this tour. So I'm butthurt about it too. Yeah. We're going to try to, to, to squeeze that in as soon as possible. We also have Capra CD still in the web store and also shirts, which, and the shirts are a really cool design, just in case anyone was wondering. We're out of LPs though. I think Capra are too. We put a limited uh, amount on our store. They sold out within an hour, I think. Yeah. We're trying to have some for tour. We, we want to have some physical vinyl run on tour. So we have very, I think we have 19 left. It's, it's not looking good for tour. Are you, uh, are, you, are you bringing any of those banners out with you? Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. They not only look cool, but they can, they can hide your explicit art. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're bringing everything. Uh, and then we should have some new merch that we're going to be bringing out on the road too. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. We're super excited. I think that we obviously things would be a lot different if the world was different, but we are very excited for you guys to be on the road as much as possible. Really the whole label um, and metal is really excited for it. What else? Anything you want to pitch before we let you go? Capra want to know if you'll introduce him to Martha Stewart. Wait, what? <laughs> you know how jealous my mom would be if I met Martha Stewart? Really? <laughs> oh, she would, she would cry, I think. Wow. I just say always keep an eye out for our socials. We always keep everybody updated on there. Which are? At Capra Band. Yeah, it's across the board. Everything is Capra Band. Right, 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 right. And then, of course, we're also on Facebook, so... Um, but probably I think Instagram and Twitter are the ones that we usually suggest the most just because we update those pretty well. Tyler 
updates those most frequently. Yeah, please follow us on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Very hard to get uh, Twitter followers. <laughs> we'll talk about that slugger. <laughs> Thank you to everyone for listening. This has been Capra on the Delirious Nomads podcast. Take care. Stay safe. All right. So that was awesome. Thank you, everyone out there for listening to Delirious Nomads, sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more. And above all, keep it heavy. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalist. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.